While tackling your New Year's goals, don't forget about your daily dose of fruits and vegetables, which just got easier to remember thanks to Balance of Nature. Their fruit and veggie capsules offer a convenient way to consume those essential nutritional ingredients daily. So improve your diet and feel your best this year. Go to balanceofnature.com and use promo code WIRE for 35% off, plus a free fiber and spice in your first order as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code WIRE. We'll get to the news in a moment. First, though, I've got some personal news that I would like to get to first. This is personal news that I have been working on intensely for a little over a year now. It's news that I've been mulling over and working on every now and again for about 15 years. It is news that I wanted to mention here first because I think it's going to sell out. I think very quickly, and I, of course, wanted to give the creme de la creme of the Michael Nolshi audience first dibs on, that would be, at long last, my personal line of cigars made available commercially for the first time ever, Mayflower Cigars. There are few things in this life that I've loved longer than my wife, whom I first kissed at age 16, and cigars happen to be one of them. I had my first cigar when I was 15. When I was a kid, the cigar rollers in the Bronx would give them to me when we went grocery shopping because I was too young to buy them. I wrote my college admissions essay about how much I love cigars. I started a cigar club in school to fund my habit as a broke college kid. I called it the Society for Intellectual Growth and Reinvigoration or cigar. You get it? Do you get it? I got this very show by writing a cigar column years ago that impressed Jeremy and Caleb. Among my most prized possessions is a box of cigars that my mother gave me many years ago, which I've rationed out and saved for the great milestones in my life. I had been pitching the Daily Wire on launching a cigar company for probably five years, when finally, probably just to get me to shut up about it, They gave me the green light one year ago. And crucially, they let me do whatever I want with it. There there is no restriction whatsoever. I was able to make the brand, the blends. I was able to pick the factory, the distribution, everything. The result is two cigars. The Mayflower Dawn, which I'm smoking now. This is an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade cigar with Cameroon binder and Nicaraguan filler. It's a mild to medium bodied smoke, perfect morning smoke. Perfect for people who prefer the occasional cigar with maybe a little bit more of an approachable flavor profile. And then the second cigar is the Mayflower Dusk, an Ecuadorian Habano cigar with Sumatra binder and Nicaraguan filler, a fuller-bodied smoke, better suited for the evening or for those who enjoy a more aggressive flavor profile. Each blend comes in three distinct sizes. Both cigars are magnificent. I'm smoking the dawn, had the dusk last night. We tried out many, many blends to arrive at the absolute perfect combination of tobaccos with the absolute perfect construction and the absolute perfect amount of aging, fine-tuned precisely to my extremely exacting standards. It's very, very American. The country was in many ways built on tobacco. George Washington grew tobacco for his whole life before the revolution, after the revolution. Thomas Jefferson grew tobacco. Tobacco was discovered in the Americas. I can say with 99.997% confidence that both of these will be the best cigars you have ever had in your life, whether you are a cigar connoisseur or merely the occasional dabbler. I can also tell you that these cigars are all produced at the very finest cigar factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, which is arguably the most important cigar city in the world today. And coincidentally, 
This is really full circle. These cigars are produced at the same factory that made that cherished box of cigars that my mother gave me all those years ago. The name Mayflower honors our country and the voyage that founded our country, on which four of my ancestors sailed. You can read more about that story at mayflowercigars.com. You must be 21 years old or older. Some exclusions may apply as we do not ship to all states. You can also buy the cigars there, boxes, samplers, bunch of stuff in between. And I would strongly recommend, if you want to try the smokes or grab a box or two for Thanksgiving or for Christmas gifts, that you order them right now. We are launching first on my show, because it is only right that you, in the Creme de la Creme Michael Knowles Show audience, get first dibs. I'm certain that this initial run is going to sell out fast. We are working to make more as quickly as possible. But folks, this is a handcrafted luxury good, and we will not rush it. So if you're interested in trying the greatest product The Daily Wire has ever produced, what this whole company has been leading toward, get yours now. In the meantime, I am smoking the Mayflower Dusk, and I am Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. We're going to war. I'm now convinced of it. The way I know we're going to war is the army has just released an ad that got rid of all the lesbians and the woke stuff. And if now that the new army ad is just a bunch of straight white guys, which means, man, oh man, we're, we're going to war. We'll get to that in a second. First, though, you know, I've often thought where there is smoke, there is fire. And this would contradict what a lot of people believe these days. A lot of people, including Castor Semenya, who is a man, but he's got some genital abnormalities. And uh, he, he just explained on BBC Sport as an athlete that his testicles don't make him any less of a woman. You know, the medical terms, what they tell me, you know, my testosterone, you know, being born, you know, without the uterus, you know, being born with internal testicles, those don't make me less a woman. It's just the differences that I was born with and I embrace them. They don't make you less a woman, exactly. They make you not a woman. If you are, if you are born with testicles, you are, you're not a woman. I'm fairly confident. As, as everyone used to be confident until very recently. This example here from, from Castor Semenya is a really good one because the pro-trans activists love to muddy the waters in this debate by pointing to so-called intersex people, hermaphrodites, people who have sexual ambiguity from birth. And they try to say, look, because some people have genital ambiguity and deformities from birth, therefore I, who have the body that is perfectly categorized as a male body without any confusion whatsoever, I, because I, I don't know, like looked at too much porn or something, or I went to some public school where the libs indoctrinated me. I now think I'm a woman. Therefore, I really am a woman. And the evidence for this, I, the trans activist, will point you to is that there are so-called intersex people. But even in the case of the intersex people, it's usually not all that confusing. In the case of Castor Semenya, what he has is, I think I'm pronouncing this correctly, 5-alpha reductase 2 deficiency. I don't know except SRD5A2. Uh, is the the uh, gene encoding enzyme 
or it's, it's caused by a mutation, rather, in the SRD5A2, and it's a rare condition. It affects only men, only people who are genetically male. Uh, it's got a broad spectrum, but what it means is that there can be some ambiguity at birth. You could have a very small male uh, appendage at birth, and you could have conditions like the uh, male gonads are inside the body or whatever, but there's there's no doubt. There's no doubt listening to this person, and there would not even really be much doubt examining this person upon birth, that this is a man. Hat tip to Riley Gaines here, the female athlete who has spoken out against the, the inclusion of so-called trans women in sports. This, I think, should, should really be a focus of the debate. A lot of conservatives try to shy away from the intersex part of the gender ideology, and they focus only on the obviously ridiculous claims of the transgender activists that even if my body is perfectly male, I can somehow secretly be a woman on some metaphysical level, which doesn't, doesn't line up with biology. It doesn't line up with philosophy or theology or metaphysics at all. It doesn't line up with anything. But in a way, I think we should lean into the intersex part and say, oh yeah, okay, which conditions are you talking about? Well, people that have chromosomal abnormalities, like say Turner syndrome. Turner syndrome, a woman only has one X chromosome. Everyone knows that those women are women. There's no question. No one has ever seriously doubted that. Well, what about this particular deficiency affecting Castor Semenya? Yeah, he's got a deep voice and every cell in his body is male and he has testicles and he doesn't have a uterus. He's obviously a man, even, even if he's got some difficulties and, and deformities. Even on the intersex part, the hermaphrodite part, the ambiguity part, it's pretty clear the gender ideology is bunk. Speaking of aggressive women, this is, I, I shouldn't laugh at this story, but it really, man, does this perfectly sum up our political culture and most people's grasp on international relations. A woman tried to attack Jews because she's upset over this war in the Middle East. And so she, she found a building that had a star of David on it, you know, the two triangles. And, and she assumed with reason, that, that this was a Jewish building. So she drives her car at the, at the building. But it turns out the building was not owned by Jews. It was owned by black Hebrew Israelites. who They're that group that yelled at the young white conservative kid in the MAGA hat and called him all sorts of names. This is a group that believes that the Jews aren't really the Jews and black people are really the Jews. And the irony is that the, the black Hebrew Israelites tend to hate the Jews. <laughs> and so she, she, hating the Jews, attacked, attacked her natural allies in, in attacking all of, all of the Jews. Of course, most people don't know a thing about, about the Jews or the Muslims or even the Christians. Most people don't know a thing about the history of conflict in the Middle East. Most people don't know a thing about foreign policy more broadly. I'm not putting myself above everyone here. I probably don't know very much more than this ignorant woman does. So then it leads to a question. How are you supposed to figure out how to think about these complex issues that involve religion and culture and race and ethnicity and peoples and today foreign policy? And my rule is you look at who is supporting each side. That that rule, if you follow it to its conclusion, will help you sleep better at night. You know what else will help you sleep better at night? Helix. Right now, go to helixsleep.com slash Knowles. With everything going on in the world right now, you could really use a good night's sleep. That is why you need to check out Helix Mattress. 
The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. I've had my Helix for years now, and I absolutely love it. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep references to the perfect mattress. Because why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? Go to helixsleep.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Take their two-minute sleep quiz to find the perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. Their flexible payment plans make it so that a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Use Helix Partner 20. That's my nickname. That's what they used to call me in high school. This is their best offer yet. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts right about now. My rule of thumb for dealing with complex problems, call it prejudice, call it intellectually lazy. I Listen, we don't have time to get to the bottom of every single issue and to write 10,000 word reports on every political matter under the sun. My rule of thumb is look at who is supporting which side. In, in the case of the Israel-Palestine thing, I don't live in Israel. I don't live in the Palestinian territories. I'm not a Jew. I'm not a Muslim. I don't buy into any of the theological claims, really, that either side is making with regard to this land. So how am I supposed to figure out which side I basically support, which side I basically oppose? I can't help but notice that on the Palestine liberation river to the sea, get rid of the Jews side— you have many of the worst people in the United States, including people like Rashida Tlaib, who House Republicans are now threatening to censure, and people like Ilhan Omar, who is losing it at the prospect of Tlaib being censured. What is true here is that every single one of them has not acknowledged the fact that Palestinians are dying in the tens of thousands, but will continue to say it is us who are not acknowledging humanity. Rashida will stand strong. Ladies, time has expired. the movement will continue for liberation until every single ladies, time has, expired. has the right Ge- to gentleman live Gentlemen from Maryland liberty. is recognized. The Palestinian movement with Rashida Tlaib is the greatest person. And she, this woman could not be more fired up. Listen to the passion in her voice. Listen to the righteous indignation, the, the anger. Now compare that the way that Ilhan Omar is talking about Palestinian liberation and her squad colleague Rashida Tlaib, compare that with the way that Ilhan Omar talks about Al-Qaeda. The thing that was interesting in the class was every time the, the, the professor said Al-Qaeda, he sort of like his shoulders yeah. went up and, you know. Yeah, he's in command like, here. Al-Qaeda, you know, hospital. He's an expert. <laughs> And it was, you know, as What's his it, name? As, what a put his oh, name on the not, we, we What does he not live? saying his name. Uh, yeah. you, you probably get to see him on, on CNN. And well, yeah, of course. I love those guys. But, you know, but, but, but it, is, it is that you don't say America with an yeah. intensity. You yeah. don't say England with yeah. an intensity. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't say um, the army with an intensity. Qaeda. <laughs> But you say these these names because you you want that that word to carry weight. <laughs> Al Qaeda, <laughs> September 11th. <laughs> oh, isn't that so? Fun? It's just crazy. And by the way, lest one think that we're taking her point out of context or we're, we're unfairly criticizing her point, she explains her point. She says, oh, "Why why do people pretend that Al Qaeda is such a terrible thing? We don't talk about America that way." We don't talk about the army. 
that way, she is, at the very least, drawing a direct comparison between Al-Qaeda and the people who killed 3,000 American civilians on September 11th with the United States broadly, with the U.S. Army, with England, at the very least. Probably she's going a little softer on Al-Qaeda. She's laughing. Oh, Al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, come on. Why do you people think these? But no, you cannot send your Rashida Tlaib. She is the greatest person. It's not just Ilhan Omar. Their, their other colleague, Corey Bush, perhaps more eccentric even than the squad, Corey Bush went off on the potential censure. A lack of care and a lack of understanding and a lack of seeing the humanity of folks who look like Rashida Tlaib. It's outrageous that my colleagues are blatantly, blatantly attempting to silence the only Palestinian American representative right here. Um, it's outrageous, but it's not surprising. And let me tell you, it's not surprising because this place is where 1,700 members of Congress, this elected body, enslaved black people. It's not surprising because they thought it was right. It's not surprising because this is a place where members continue to claim that the insurrection on the Capitol just appeared to look like a normal tourist visit. It's not surprising because this is the place where our black and brown staff members repeatedly speak of experiencing racism and sexism, Islamophobia, get pushed off of elevators, xenophobia and more right here in this workplace. This is the place. And let me say this. She mourns for the 1400 Israelis. The gentlelady's time is She mourns for the 10,000 and she will not stop. No the gentlelady's more. time is no expired. More. Cease fire now, and she takes the, the death threats that you all sent. That, that they the gentlelady is no longer speaker. recognized. The gentleman from Maryland. To her, to her, the desire to save lives is greater. Gentle, gentleman from Maryland is recognized. Okay. What I said. <laughs> yeah, we heard what you said, lady. We got. I cut her mic. And that's what I said. I don't know much about the Israeli-Palestine conflict. It's not, I know some people obsess over it. It's the most important conflict. I don't know much about it. I, it seems rather intractable to me. However, I have to assume these people are wrong. I, ha, I, I cannot imagine that Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and Cori Bush and all of the people who are wrong about everything in American politics, I, it's difficult for me to believe that they just happen to be right about this thing. I don't think that you need to support all of the Israeli government policies. I certainly don't. In fact, I'm somewhat furious at the Israeli government for funding Azerbaijan in the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict against the Armenians, Armenia, the oldest Christian nation in the world. That, I, I don't like that. I see why Israel is doing that, because the Israeli government is using Armenia as a way to attack Iran, which is why Iran, oddly enough, is backing Armenia. That doesn't make sense. And Russia... Has, is now backing Azerbaijan, the Muslim country, against Armenia, the Christian country, Armenian-Russian relations at all-time lows. I get it. Look, it's very complicated. I see why all these nations are doing things that are somewhat unexpected. I, I don't, obviously, I don't believe in the theological claims with regard to the Holy Land being made by the state of Israel or by the Palestinian Muslims, for that matter. But if I've got to come to a conclusion over which side, basically, I'm going to be on in the conflict. Am I going to be on Ilhan Omar's side? <laughs> Am I going to be on Cori Bush's side? Those ladies sound like maniacs, okay? Am I going to be on Rashida Tlaib's side? Rashida Tlaib, who says we need to empty out all the prisons in America and abolish the prisons and criminal justice system? No, I don't think so. And call it prejudicial and call it, I don't know, um, 
intellectually lazy to just lump in another issue with all of the issues that these people who are wrong about everything happen to believe in. But if you tell me that Cori Bush, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar just happened to be right about this one thing and this one thing only, I would be rather surprised. Now, we want to protect people. Obviously, I've I've said the American interest in this war is to contain the war as quickly as possible, to protect the innocent one and to protect American national interest as well. I suppose that's the first consideration for U.S. foreign policy. When you want to protect innocent people right here in the United States, got to check out Preborn. Right now, go to preborn.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Yesterday, I got to catch up with my good friends from Preborn. They came to the offices. I love their mission. They're great. I know you do as well. That is why I'm really, really thrilled to partner with them on this show. What does Preborn do? They help mothers and their children in crisis. Preborn is reaching into the hearts of women by allowing them to hear the hearts of their babies and introducing them to their precious little lives. This connection, just hearing the ultrasound, doubles a baby's chance at life. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies' lives. We all talk about how important it is to protect life and to stop abortion. They do it every day. 200 babies a day live rather than be murdered because of Preborn. And you can help too. Your gift of $28 for a free ultrasound goes directly to women in need, and Preborn doesn't take any of that money. They independently fundraise for their team and their administrative costs. So every cent that you give goes directly to the mothers, to saving babies' lives. I think it's great. All gifts are tax deductible, especially, you know, the end of the year comes and you don't know where to give. You want to give, but you don't know. These guys are absolutely impeccable. You know your dollars are going the distance. Dial pound 250, say keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. Or you can donate securely at preborn.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, preborn.com slash Knowles. All right, folks. I already gave you my pitch for these cigars. I'm not going to rehash it too much. They may already be sold out. I don't know. You know, the, the thing about the Mayflower cigars is we've we've done, I think it was 30,000 was the initial run that we were able to get perfectly aged in time. We've got more coming, but it's just, you can't rush it. The cigars have to be aged perfectly. So go to mayflowercigars.com to get yours today. You must be 21 years old or older to purchase. Some exclusions may apply. I look forward to lighting this. Look at that. Man, guys, look at that perfect, I've, I've taken like three puffs and even still the burn line on a, on a less beautiful cigar would be all over the place, kind of wonky. This burn line, basically perfect, even just with a few puffs. I'll, maybe I'll light that back up during the member block. We have a special guest coming up there today. The other way I know that this war is heating up, unfortunately, is that the army has changed its pitches. Here is the new U.S. Army ad. Okay, I've seen a lot of straight-looking white guys. I've seen more straight-looking white guys than I've seen in any army ad in recent memory. And then they, wow. And there's, it's not social activism. They're just jumping out of helicopters with parachutes. The greatest victories are never achieved alone. Be all you can be. Even a return to the old U.S. Army motto when I was a kid. Be all that you can be. Be all you can be. Oh, man, we're going to war. We're going to war. I felt better about our prospects for peace back when the U.S. Army ads did not focus on men fighting and preparing to kill our enemies. Back when the U.S. Army ads focused on women 
bragging about their lesbian mothers. I suppose one of them is probably the mother and going to pride parades and festivals and rallies growing up. Begins in California with a little girl raised by two moms. I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. When I was six years old, one of my moms had an accident that left her paralyzed, but she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet, eventually standing at the altar to marry my other mom. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it, a way to prove my inner strength. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my calling. Let me translate that ad for you. That was not that long ago that that ad came out. The translation of that ad is, hey, normal, patriotic, conservative dudes who have made up the bulk of the U.S. military for all of our nation's history. Yeah, go away. We don't want you. (laughs) We don't want you guys. And why? Why would the libs who control the military at the top level, the vast majority of people in the U.S. military remain normal and furious at their leadership. But I'm talking about the, the Mark Millies of the world. I'm talking about the chairman of the Joint Chiefs screaming about white rage and how we need to teach our recruits critical race theory. And why? Why is the army leadership doing that? Why were they doing that? Because at the level of leadership, those jobs become very, very political. At the level of enlisted guys and most officers, even still most officers, they're serving their country with plain, not not exactly partisan motives. But when you get to those top levels, those politically appointed levels with a lot of influence from Washington, obviously those become very, very party political. And I I think the left saw that they had a problem, which is the left saw that they had conquered academia, the news media, Hollywood, Corporate America, that took them a little longer, but they managed to conquer corporate America. They obviously had the bureaucracy. They had a lot of the elected government. Basically everything, except for the military. The military remained pretty much the one institution that the conservatives still had. And so they set out very intentionally to conquer the military. And one way to do that is to use the military to push a lot of woke propaganda. Another way to do that is to brainwash the new recruits and teach them critical race theory and have them understand white rage. And another way to do that is to convince the conservatives not to join up anyway. So they put out this advertisement. This advertisement, I think, was less about recruiting new people to the army as it was about discouraging the normal kind of, the older kind of people from joining the army. Saying, hey, you straight white guys, hey, you conservatives, hey, you get out of here. We don't want your kind anymore. Now, the issue is no army has ever won a war when it was made up primarily of leftist woke lesbians. That I can't, I was a history major in school, history buff as an adult. I've never read about that army victory for any nation ever in the history of the world. When you you want to win wars, you need extremely tough, masculine brutes who want to go in and kill the enemy. You know, George Patton's speech to the Third Army, war is a bloody killing business. When your best friend beside you is blown up and you got his guts all over your face, you'll know what to do. Kill the enemy. Go through that enemy like a hot knife through butter. Like S-H-I-T through a tin can or whatever they said. Uh, That's what you want. 
And so now that we're on the brink of World War III again, you'll notice the ads shifting. I, I guess in a way, it's good that the, the army is, is recognizing that, you know, pride parades are not going to win a, a war, but bad news in that they fear that they will have to win a war, that we will all have to win a war soon. Turning to domestic politics. As Klaus Fitz said that war is the extension of politics by other means. Five Republican Florida state legislators have just switched from endorsing Ron DeSantis to endorsing Donald Trump. Uh, Trump, this is a few days ago, Trump gained seven endorsements from state legislators. Uh, this was the same day he gave a speech at the Florida Freedom Summit. So two people who had not yet endorsed, endorsed Trump, and then five flipped. The ones who flipped were our state reps, Jessica Baker, Webster Barnaby, Alina Garcia, Kevin Steele, and State Senator Debbie Mayfield. Now, on the other side of that news cycle, the governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, just endorsed Ron DeSantis. So where does that leave the race? I think, don't shoot the messenger, you know I love Ron DeSantis. Uh, I think this is just yet another sign. The momentum is with Trump here. Trump unveils these endorsements. Why would someone who had previously endorsed one candidate switch? The reason that they would do that is because they believe, maybe they had a genuine change of heart, or more likely, they realized that the guy they backed is not going to win. And so they can, they can still get on the team that appears more likely to win, and maybe they'll be able to receive some political favor as a result of that. And maybe this will help with their reelection campaigns. They could get some kind of appointment. That's what they're after. Now, shortly after that announcement, DeSantis formally uh, announces that he's got the endorsement of the governor of Iowa. Uh, Good for him. Maybe that'll swing some votes. Trump is still way up in Iowa, um, uh, in the polls and among committed Iowa caucus goers. So I don't know that it it moves a whole lot. Even if it does, Iowa hasn't predicted the Republican nominee for president since George W. Bush. But in 08, 12, 16... It hasn't. So I'm not sure that that's particularly uh, persuasive now. And furthermore, I I think DeSantis had to pull the trigger on the the Kim Reynolds endorsement, which has been rumored for weeks now, because Nikki Haley is tied with DeSantis in Iowa. So even, you know, the DeSantis campaign moves its people to Iowa to say, this is going to be our big stand, and this is where we're going to take the momentum away from Trump. But even there, Nikki Haley has come up, and she's rivaling DeSantis for the number two spot. So I think DeSantis, in a way, had to make the, the Reynolds announcement less to hurt Trump's momentum and more to hurt Haley's momentum over there. Why is all this happening though? Why hasn't? Especially if you're someone who loves Ron DeSantis and you're backing his campaign or you love uh, Nikki Haley or any of the other candidates. Why is it the case that Trump keeps doing so well? I think there are a lot of reasons for that. But even in this present news cycle, I think the war in the Middle East helps Trump. And the war in the Middle East helps Trump because Trump, unexpectedly to most, brought peace to the Middle East. Trump had the best Middle East policy of any president in my entire lifetime. Maybe the best Middle East policy of any president, probably better than Reagan's, maybe better, I don't know. I don't even know how far back we would go into the 20th century. He had a great Middle East policy. The Abraham Accords were a major victory. The fact that he destroyed ISIS, first of all, then, uh, basically seemed like a dove and didn't want to go and launch new wars in the Middle East, but then would occasionally drop the Moab or would occasionally assassinate an Iranian general. And so that unpredictability had people playing real, real polite. 
That's why people are looking and they're saying, man, Donald Trump, who we were told was crazy and wild and a cowboy, he had peace in the Middle East when he was president. Joe Biden, who we told was a return to normal, brought us war in the Middle East, which sadly is normal, I guess. It was the same arguments with Reagan. Reagan's a cowboy. He's going to start World War III. And then what happens? He was a major peace president whose presidency helped bring about the end of the Cold War. Now, speaking of Ron DeSantis, DeSantis just had a very good answer to one of the sillier but still more significant criticisms of his campaign, namely that he wears high heels. This has been a meme going around for a while. It seems ridiculous and frivolous. I haven't even really wanted to address this this claim because I think it's so crazy, but it has persisted and it's grown uh, even louder. So finally, Eric Bowling was just asking Governor DeSantis about the high heels. Here's the governor's answer. I've been watching over the last, I don't know, maybe 10 days or so. And there are these gotcha people, these people who just want to sit there and they want to talk about how tall you are, whether you're wearing boots with, with, uh, what do they call it? Heel extenders inside. I mean, I mean, uh, Governor, the southern border is a disaster. It's, it, terrorists are coming across the border. We got two wars that we're kind of funding and they want to talk about how tall you are. Sir, t- respond, please. Well, yeah, I, like, look, Eric, this, uh, this is no time for foot fetishes. We've got serious problems as a country. I know uh, Donald Trump and a lot of his people have been focusing um, on things like footwear. I'll tell you this. Um, you know, if Donald Trump can summon the balls to show up to the debate, I'll wear a boot on my head. <laughs> I'll wear a boot on my head. This is no time for foot fetishes. That's a funny line. That's a funny, that's a good line. The issue is he should have had that line in place a week ago. He should have had that line in place when he was on the podcast with Patrick Bet David. The DeSantis campaign, I don't blame DeSantis necessarily, but his campaign needs to anticipate these things. Whether or not he's wearing boot extenders or heels and whatever. Certainly, if you're going to wear those things, and even if you're not, you need to anticipate those questions being asked and have good zingers, especially when you're going up against the guy who has the best zingers in politics, certainly since Reagan, probably even better than Reagan's. It's just this feeling for a lot of people, I think, that Man, DeSantis, is, he's good. He's a great governor. He's had great policies. He's, but he's just, he doesn't quite have it on the campaign trail. I'm not even saying that's my view. I'm not endorsing in the primary. You know, I, lo- I like Donald Trump a lot. I really like Ron DeSantis. And I like some other people in the race also. I'm, I'm not prescribing, but merely describing what's going on in the race and why this campaign has not caught on. It's just a little a little bit off. It's just a little bit too slow. It doesn't quite make the sale. Now, we want our political campaigns, we want our whole political order to be very healthy. And when you want your dog to be very healthy, you've got to check out Rough Greens. Right now, go to roughgreens.com slash Michael. The holidays are coming up fast. While you're out shopping for your kids, your family, your friends, don't forget to shop for your pets too. Give your dog the gift of a healthier and happier life with Rough Greens. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, the founder of Rough Greens, is focused on improving the health of every dog in America. Dog food may as well be considered dead food because it contains very little in the way of nutrition. Think about it. Nutrition's not brown. It's green. Let Rough Greens bring your dog's food back to life. Rough Greens is a supplement that contains all the necessary vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega oils, digestive enzymes, and antioxidants that your dog needs. You don't have to go out and buy new dog food. You just sprinkle 
Rough Greens on their food every day. Dog owners everywhere are raving about Rough Greens. It supports healthy joints, improves bad breath, boosts energy levels, and so much more. My stepbrother, I sent him Rough Greens for his dog, a little Australian Shepherd. And he said the dog is now extremely right-wing, too, which I think I was a side effect. I didn't know that that would happen. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black is so confident that Rough Greens will improve your dog's health. He's offering a free Jumpstart trial bag to you so your dog can try it. Get that free Jumpstart trial bag delivered straight to your door in just a few business days. Roughgreens.com slash Michael or call 844-ROUGH, R-U-F-F, one, two, three. Roughgreens.com slash Michael or call 844-ROUGH, R-U-F-F, one, two, three, today. My favorite comment yesterday is from L.L. Zamenhof, who says, you know it's going to be a good video when the YouTube sensitivity warning pops up. Yes. Yes. Uh, pretty soon, I think the episodes of my show are going to go down from 45 or 46 minutes down to about four minutes when they have to cut out everything they have to cut out. That's why you got to go to dailywire.com or on X. It's the new name for Twitter to watch the show. Speaking of cleverness, a woman has gone viral because she has a PhD and she took an IQ test next to some guy that she thought was just a dumb rube hillbilly. And the dumb rube hillbilly did better on the IQ test than she did. I'm 21. I'm a high school graduate and I work in the Marine Corps. I'm 30 years old. I have my PhD in cancer biology and I work in a biotech industry. Grad school, I went to University of South Carolina and undergrad, I went to University of Florida. One, two, three, four, five, six. Two, me, I don't know. PhD, <laughs> cancer biology scientist. Oh, I work in a biotech company. We make COVID-19 testing kits, oh, stuff like that. Cool. Then six. It has nothing to do with your background. I don't think you really have the highest EQ out of all of us. Tyler, he ranked last for me personally because the way he carries himself. He was ranking intelligence based on his point of view and not taking in <laughs> other people's point of views. So number one is Raymond. Number two would be Kaylee. Number three will be Tyler. And number four would be Shada. Number five is Sean. And number six is Maria. <laughs> so the guy, the big, dumb, rude idiot guy who only has a high school education, he has a much higher IQ than the gal who has all these degrees and she's a cancer researcher or whatever. I am not surprised by this. One of the biggest downsides to university expansion and to credentialism is that it convinces people that they're much smarter than they are. Uh, one of the big problems that ha has happened at the universities is that social engineers and political activists took over in the 1960s and 70s and insisted in the name of what we would now call inclusion, equity, and, and diversity, that we had to lower the standards at all of the universities. And people of all backgrounds, all racial backgrounds, geographical backgrounds, Many argued that this was a bad idea, is you were going to destroy education for everyone. And for some kids, they weren't even going to be able to meet the new lower standards, and they were going to flunk out, and there was going to be a mismatch there. But there's, an, there's another downside to this, which is that as, as college and university admissions skyrocketed, and all of a sudden, I think it was right around the time that I graduated high school, something like 70% of high school graduates went to college, an all-time high. It's actually gone down since then. One of the downsides to that is you are going to persuade people without any basis that they are much smarter than they are. Whereas that kid with the high school degree and nothing else, he, he doesn't labor under any of those delusions. He has a good dose of humility and 
he, he's probably right, actually. It's not just that he underestimated his intelligence. It's that he's probably right. Most of us are not that intelligent. We don't, you know, I, I read books for a living in large part, and I still know basically nothing. <laughs> My education is still relatively pretty derelict by many historical standards. But the problem is if you have the PhD and you've got the, all these fancy accolades and for, for however you were able to acquire them, you just think you're so much smarter than you are. And that kind of hubris, that pride will blind you and it will make you look dumber than the dumbest person you ever met on the street. Speaking of ordinary people being smarter and more competent than liberal elites, there's a story I teased a few days ago that I want to come back to. This is a trucker and a motor company founder absolutely destroying the liberal narrative on why we all need to get rid of our cars and switch over to electric vehicles in about two seconds. Do you ever see yourself going 100% EV? No. And why not? I mean, maybe. If battery technology gets better, grid infrastructure gets better. But like this truck, like a logging truck uses about two and a half megawatts of power per day. With extra capacity in the battery means you need a three megawatt battery pack. The biggest one is like a Tesla Semi, which is like a one megawatt. Like, so you need three megawatts to run an electric truck. That would mean you would need to pack 50,000 pounds, 40, 50,000 pounds of batteries just to do a full day. And then let's say we can even get those batteries down to the same weight where it's reasonable. The grid infrastructure, we haven't invested in our electrical grid since the 1950s, 1960s, 70s. Like, just give me an example, logging trucks in BC. That's a niche industry. There's a 5,000 logging trucks that haul logs at two and a half megawatts of consumption per day. That's 12 and a half gigawatts of power. Site C Dam has been under construction for the last, oh, I don't know, 15 years at a cost of $20 billion. And that has a 1.1 gigawatt. So a $20 billion dam that takes 15 years to build has a 1.1 gigawatt capacity and logging trucks, just logging trucks alone are using 12 and a half gigawatts. You would have to flood an area of land the size of Wales to produce that hydropower. I love it. It goes on, by the way. But it is so refreshing to see knowledge and competence. And it's especially delightful when the knowledge and competence are exhibited by someone who is looked down on and dismissed by society. This is a white dude up in Canada, America's evil top hat. And he's not wearing fancy clothes. He's just wearing flannels. And he's out there. He's not in a fancy office at the penthouse, top floor of a skyscraper. He's just there in a field with some big trucks. And he's interviewed and he's asked, hey, why don't you want to switch all the way over to electric vehicles? He goes, well, yeah, I don't think I'm going to end up doing that. And you know what the liberal audience says. They're going to say, oh, here we go. <laughs> Here's this big, dumb, rube idiot. He's probably a climate change denier. He, this guy, what does he know? He's just prejudiced. He's just tied to his old ways because he likes big, scary sounding trucks. Yeah, here we go. Oh, yeah. Tell me why you don't want to switch to electric. He's like, well, you know, uh, here's a boot. The reason why I don't think so, eh, is because uh, the batteries need to be three megawatts, but the largest battery at the moment is produced by Tesla. It's one megawatt, so it would actually be worse for the environment. It'd be, uh, uh, given the weight of it, it would be completely inefficient. It would be impossible. And then if a train leaves St. Louis going 400 miles an hour at, at 11.30 in the morning, and then and he just goes on, and you realize, wow, this guy knows so much more than any of the climate alarmist people. Well, there's a story I wanted to get to, I guess we'll have to get to it later, of, of these radical environmentalists. You know, the ones who paint themselves all sorts of colors and throw soup on famous paintings and smash them up and glue themselves to the street. Those guys, according to our 
ridiculous, ignorant culture. Those guys are the smart ones. They're the science followers. And that guy who can recite to you every statistic, every fact about the operation of these engines, about the dams, about the way energy is produced, about the various manufacturers of electric vehicles, that guy's a big, dumb, stupid idiot because he doesn't believe that the sun monster is going to kill us all in 10 years if we don't throw soup on Van Gogh and glue ourselves to the sidewalk. That is how flipped we are. Because, you know, those guys who glue themselves, they probably have a PhD, you know? (laughs) And that entrepreneur and trucker, who knows? He might not even have studied sociology in graduate school. The rest of the show continues now. We have a great number block today, in part because I will get to smoke more of my delicious Mayflower Dawn cigar, but in part because my friend Faith Clavin Moore, no relation to another couple friends of mine who are named Clavin, has a great new book out. And it's a great new book just in time for Christmas and even earlier. So, Head on over, become a member right now. Use code Knowles at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.